0: The standard, the conversation, the blueprint, the CEO Mercedes Money. And you are listening to Mangu Con Salami podcast. So make sure you join and listen to it weekly.
1: All right, this is Roberto. You're back with another Steambox podcast. Right now is February, which means one thing it means that we are working on the Mangu Con Salami special. Right now, I got a group of youth eating manguk on salami that's been brought to you by your mom by your mother shout out to yolanda all the love to yolanda this podcast was named Mangukon on S- salami because some of our students thought nothing goes better together nothing says love like mangook on salami it might be a little quiet as some of us are eating But that's okay, because we brought back the Katie Brown Educational Program today. We brought one of their leaders today. We brought, like, (coughs) their managerial co-captain, director, superintendent of Katie Brown Educational Programs, Angela. Hi, Angela. Hello. Did I have that title right? Yes. Excellent. We had some conversations. These conversations are about love and romance. Was there anything that you heard that you wanted to touch on before I start picking your brain with the students?
2: No, I think you guys covered it all.
1: Okay, cool. There's two things that I caught last week that I wanted to touch on a little bit. One is some of the concepts. Some of the concepts that we we use, the way that we talk about things. After the podcast, Angela and I had talked about the way that we talk about things. We Last week, talked about body count. Previous to that, when I was your age, it was even more demeaning. It was like a worse phrase. It was like mileage. So if I'm talking about you the words that i'm using are how much mileage does he have you know what i mean like and it seems kind of like now i'm comparing this person to a vehicle you know what i mean body count is like a murder situation these are these are some of the conversations that we've been having so i want to take a look at i want to take a look at the way that we talk about some things i'm not asking you to change the way that you talk about some things i'm just asking you to think about the way you talk about some things if you want to call it whatever you want to call it that's okay with me But it's also interesting because once I started thinking about what does mileage mean, right? Like, it just felt gross. The other thing I wanted to talk about is somebody here, somebody here last week was talking about, remember we were talking about balance in a relationship, like who gives how much in a relationship? Somebody was talking about, well, sometimes you got to give a little bit more. And it seemed like the sweetest thought, but it also seemed mad dangerous to me because I know that sometimes when people give and give and give in a relationship, the partner does what? (laughs)
3: takes.
1: Takes. They take and take and take in a relationship.
3: You give them an inch, they take a mile.
1: I think that happens a lot. I think that's a really good point. So, I'm going to I'm going to hear your thoughts on this, and then my question to Angela before I pass it over to Angela would be what are some really what are some good ways if if we find that we're giving too much in a relationship, is it okay to consider maybe this relationship isn't for me and then what's the healthiest way out? So, that's kind of my question for Angela. I'll ask her that in a second. What you want to add?
0: That when you say, like, someone wants to add on, like, you have to add on more to a relationship, that's worrying me. Because you're giving more, but you don't know it's the other person to bring more in the world. So it's just like, if I'm giving two months, then I'm seeing as this other person is 10, you know? They can be taking advantage of me, and I don't even know. And then I give it, I'm giving their all.
1: Is that common? So that,
2: I'm worry. Is it common for one partner to give more than the other?
1: Is it common and if so, is it healthy?
2: I think it it's I think it can be common in a lot of relationships. I don't necessarily think that it is healthy. So can somebody give me an example of like a relationship where somebody gives too much? What does gives too much look look like?
4: I have a celebrity relationship. Yeah. Um Will Smith and Jada Smith. Yeah. Will Smith gives too much, but Jada Smith like
2: Gives too much of what?
4: Like Will Smith gives too much love, like, I feel like love and attention. Okay. Like, he doesn't listen to to other people. Yeah, that I know of. So,
0: people put out what they want to know.
2: Okay, so if you have a relationship where one person is showing more love and attention and affection to another person and the other person isn't really giving that back, so that's an example of somebody giving too much. I actually think in that situation, it really depends on the dynamic because some people just express their love a lot differently. So if you are not a person who really needs uh, a lot of like verbal validation or it's like physical validation, then uh, you might be okay with receiving that. Um, If you're somebody who gives that, you know, I I think of my like brother and sister-in-law. So he is like really super lovey and she's like very kind of standoffish. And it works because they both require, you know, different things out of each other. But like, if you have like a partnership where somebody is maybe like investing more into the relationship, maybe they are making all of the plans, they're making all of the time adjustments to come and see you, when the other person's just kind of like living their best life, waiting for it to happen, then that kind of balance can be pretty unhealthy because then somebody's definitely pulling more weight than the other person.
1: I like this example that was made about Will and uh, Jada. Somebody said we don't know that, and I I completely agree. We don't know what's happening in their house. But why I like the example is because we can look and see something. We can see that she's talked about, I don't want to say infidelity, right? Like she's talked about having relationships outside of their relationship. It seems like she sometimes is perceived as mean, but when we see Will Smith, we see him literally fighting for Jada. Do you guys know what I'm talking about where he fights (laughs) for Jada? So just, just the perception of that, right? Like where one person's kind of fighting for a relationship while the other person is kind of not. We honestly don't know the math behind their relationship. It could be completely different in their household. But I'm just talking about those types of relationships where people we know, one person is fighting for the relationship all the time and the other person is seeking romance outside of the relationship. Is that okay? Does that like balance each other out kind of thing? So it's okay? If somebody
2: is seeking partnership outside of their relationship,
1: while the other person is fighting for the relationship. Now you're bugging. Now
2: you're bugging. I, I, I would say...
1: Na, would you say now you're bugging? Is that
2: what... Yeah, yeah I think so. I think that can you can... not Now you're bugging? Yeah. I feel like think if... Uh, <laughs> You're in a healthy relationship, and no one is looking for partnership outside of that relationship, right? right? Like, that's kind of a bizarre thing. I have never been really comfortable with the term, like, fighting for a relationship. I don't really even understand what that means. I, I, like, hear it a lot on reality dating shows, which I do watch quite a bit of. Like, I'm fighting for this person. Like, I'm fighting to have a chance. Like, what are you fighting for? Why does it have to be a fight? Why can't it be a conversation? Why can't y'all just talk? Um... And if you feel like you're constantly fighting for a relationship, how happy do you think that person is in a relationship? Probably not super happy, because uh, I mean, I can't imagine, I like some people love to fight. Like, do you guys know people that love to fight? And especially in relationships, like, love to fight. It's not a healthy relationship. It's actually quite toxic to, to kind of instigate fights or, or huge arguments. But just even out in the world, people like to fight. But I think in a good relationship, it doesn't have that component of fighting for another person or for a relationship.
1: So I'm gonna come back to you about exiting that relationship if it's that time. And maybe if we find that we're fighting for the relationship constantly, maybe we should consider exiting. I'll get your thoughts on that too. After, uh, and then we'll get to Romeo's question. We had two more quick bits. When I find that like in a
5: relationship that I'm doing too much, cause I sometimes I do too much and I like, I show more love and I put like, which is a more investment mm-hmm. the relationship than the other person. I usually i back up like i take a big step back and i i match what they're doing so like if i if i notice that they're not making plans ever or they're just not reciprocating just like any feelings back as often that's exactly what i'm gonna do and there's been times where like they're like why are you acting differently you i'm acting exactly how you are i'm not gonna show all of this love and i'm not gonna show all of it. i'm not gonna give you all of this just to get none of that back, that same energy. Exactly.
1: He said that with a little bit of feeling. He said, "Like I feel course, like I, I feel like yeah, I feel like some of us have kind of been here." Would you want to add on?
3: Our- uh, show's I wanted to add on to uh, what you said about how it could be. It depending on like what we see, it does. It could be them having different love languages. Like my parents, mm-hmm. my dad, he is very like. I remember my mom telling me this because uh, she. Had discussed this with me. He really likes physical touch. Like he likes hugs, kisses, stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas my mom, her love language is doing things for her, like helping mm-hmm. around the house, mm-hmm. doing that. So they will, so she will sometimes feel like she's doing all the work in the house and he will feel like she's not giving him enough affection. Mm-hmm. But they're in a perfectly happy relationship. Sure. So it's just they need understand mm-hmm. it. And I think that sometimes they will find themselves doing stuff that they enjoy Mm -hmm. uh, towards their partner instead of doing what their partner enjoys. And I think that they understand that it's just them trying to give each other affection and them just kind of uh, doing it differently.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And everyone has a different dynamic within their relationship. So when you talked about being in a relationship and you're giving more like love and affection and you pull back to meet that person's energy, do you let them know like hey i've noticed that you're a little bit more standoffish i'm just kind of like meeting you where you're at or is it feel more of like a like i'm a little bit petty so if i'm like giving a lot to somebody and they're not giving it back i might just be like all right i'll adjust to meet your energy and i'm not going to really let you know why that is i'm going to make you like yes oh why i might be doing
5: that i'd be doing i
2: might have done that before
5: (laughs) there's times where like i'll tell them but they won't change anything and it, it really bothers me when you tell somebody how you feel about something And they don't change anything about it. That's just like, because then what's the point of communication? It's not going to do anything. You say, And they're just going to like never, never speak about it again. I hate that too. Mm. Like we'll we'll have a deep conversation about something the next day. It's like
1: it never happened. Do you know, I, I hear a lot of people refer to the biggest problem in their relationship being communication. I'm very happy with my relationship, but I would still say if there was one thing that I wish I could improve in mine, it's communication. And it's not, because of my partner, it's just the way that we both like it's almost like two different codes. You know what I mean? So that's really interesting. And I wonder if those are the kind of things that, if we learned more about that specifically, that would even lead to healthier relationships In jump. What did you want to throw it?
0: When it comes to like conversations, though, I find myself very speak speaking about my method. Mm, so that depends on the person. Yeah, it is just speaking to, mm-hmm. like, let's say you have a conversation with this girl, and she's not like, changing change, maybe it's taking time for her to, you know, going like, speak about that. Well, me personally, um, my love language is I'm going to be that thing. Like, I want to be that thing. It's
1: a whole new love language.
0: Yeah, you know, well, once you see her and both we'll take that for Brandon, you learn how to match. Because it's like, I gave you, you know, but she says, that's the Brandon next relationship i'm matching your energy and what you give
2: to me i will think back
1: is it important to match in energy can it be dangerous is it a little bit of both maybe important but maybe can be dangerous
2: i think the most important thing is compatibility Is you might have different energies in a relationship and at certain points it might be the same it might match at other points it might be completely different but i think as long as it feels compatible it feels like you know you guys are on a good wavelength and doing what you need to do to keep the relationship healthy I think that's okay
1: so let's say you find yourself in a relationship that maybe it's not compatible and it doesn't feel that healthy it feels like I'm giving way too much in this relationship is it okay to consider because some people feel guilty to even think about leaving their partner is it okay to consider leaving your partner mm-hmm. when is it not okay to consider leaving your partner mm-hmm. and what's the appropriate way to do it
2: so it's always okay to leave your partner always yes
1: what if you didn't like the color uh that your partner's sweater you didn't like the color of your partner's sweater
2: i think that in that case if you want to If you feel like you want to break up with somebody because of their color, the color of their sweater, then you have a lot of kind of introspection that needs to happen and kind of determine why you feel that strongly. But I am of the mind that you can break up with anyone for any reason at any time. Now, how you do it is really, really important, because especially if you invested in someone for, you know, an amount of time, love that person or like that person, uh, you want to respect them in the breakup as well. Uh, So... I hear a lot like when people are kind of fumbling their thoughts over, you know, should I break up with this person? I don't know if what they've done is bad enough or what they've done is upsetting enough. I don't know if they'll change. I don't necessarily think it needs to be like a huge explosion. I remember talking to somebody recently and they had said, like, I wish that my partner would just like hit me. I wish they would just hit me because then I would have a clear reason to break up with them. Wow. And so I told them, I was like, you can break up with this person for whatever reason you want truly. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's definitely more complicated than if somebody were to to harm you physically, because then a lot of people I think might, you know, that's the knee jerk reaction where you're thinking like, yeah, you might, you might feel that way. um, But I think a lot uh, can, can happen and incite a lot of feelings that might just make you feel like, yeah, no, this isn't working for me. And so there's all different types of ways of like breaking up with someone. I feel like it's Depends on a lot, like age and and what the relationship was like, and I don't know. How do you guys break up with each other?
6: It kind of brings back on communication too.
2: Yeah, of course. But
6: they can't just be like, oh, I'm break up with you, or not to explain why.
2: I actually do kind of agree with that. Like, if you're gonna break up with somebody, do you feel like it's important to let them know why?
6: You can't yeah. just get up and leave because then like they're clueless, like I'm like, yeah. what did I do wrong? And uh,
2: yeah. The- he's
0: do what that person you know what type of person they are on like yeah they're an overthinker they're gonna overthink people so they
2: know what it is that they need to know i love that example actually because i think that a lot of people tend to like overthink so if somebody's like i'm breaking up with you i'm just like not feeling this and you're like why 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 and they're not telling you you're just like torturing that person for no reason and that's not really showing respect or health in any type of relationship so i i think that's really in a, an amazing point. But it's all about communication. What are like some strategies that you employ? Like if you're breaking up with somebody, do you want text messages? Do you want phone calls? Do you want FaceTime? Do you want in person? You want it in person? Yeah.
6: Because messages can be interpreted the wrong way. I think so too. So it's like, if you don't get the wording right, they got to think the total opposite of what you're trying to actually say.
0: And if I, love, well, I don't know you're I leave you like, I need to say face.
2: You know, it's going to be cringy for me. Yeah. I still want (laughs) to speak about it, so we're on the same quarter. Of course. Do you think it matters how long you've been dating? Like, does the length of time that you've been dating determine how you break up with someone? So, like, if you were dating somebody for, like, a month, do you think it's okay to just shoot them a text and be like, no, no, it's not really working out for me? No. In person?
6: In person? Yeah. Because you get the best understanding.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: I think this is an age thing. Yeah. Because they're so young... These the people in this room are so young that a month to them is a, a, a more significant part of their lives yeah. than than to me. Mm-hmm. If I was dating somebody for a month, I don't even, do they even need an explanation? Is it because my at my age, a month is like nothing. A month is like it was like you all right, right, and then not feeling you. You know what I mean? Like, um, but a month for you guys, it's interesting. It, it's always interesting when I start thinking about how time works different for you guys because it's more significant. A month, the ratio that a month is to your lifespan is much bigger than the ratio that a month is to my lifespan. That's math. I don't want to break your brains and talk about it too much. I want to I want to get to your question. Uh, I see you with a follow up. So I'm going to come to your follow up. But just for clarity for our audience and for the people around the table, it's okay to break up with anybody whenever you want, but it's a, a, a jerk move to not let people know why or give people a heads up and communicate with them. Do we all agree with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, what was your follow-up before I get to... Is
0: So you see it, not just saying you because, like, you're old and charismatic, but, like, you see it as, oh, in the months of me, is like, oh, why'd you get so attached so fast? So you see it as, why'd you get so attached so fast? That's older than a month. But you have to realize that you may be that type of person and some other person a month could... Can-
1: yeah, no, I that's that's what I'm I'm completely agreeing with you on that. What I find, you guys are gonna look back, and there's gonna be some parts of high school that you're gonna be like, yeah, and there's gonna be some parts of high school that you're gonna find cringy. It's just true for everyone. So that's one of the, that's one of those things that happens. And when I look back at relationships that seemed so meaningful when I was in high school, okay, you kn- you all know those kids that be like, my mine with their toys stuff like that don't touch it it's mine well this when you're when you're younger when you're younger you feel like you have you don't have a lot of things you know what i mean so that one thing is really important to you that rubber ducky or whatever the dumb thing is mine. it's <laughs> mine right and i feel like the same it's the same thing for time right like as the, as as time goes on a month maybe seems maybe seems less significant material items we get so many things that are ours that we don't care about the rubber duck as much what's your follow-up for that like like both of you said it depends on how your age and whatnot
5: like um for people uh, at our age time goes by a lot slower and a lot of a lot more things happen but for older people
1: okay, all right points at me all right well
0: we're looking at oh. right here so they're oh. looking at
1: Good years no.
5: for like all Like I would buy a lot slower. So if you're in a relationship, I feel like the person, if it's if it wasn't even that long, they don't need a whole paragraph. They don't need like this whole like speech on why don't like them no more. Why don't why don't you think it's gonna work out. But you know, if it's longer, then then it's different.
1: Yeah, I I hear you.
2: Can I ask you? So let's say you're in a relationship and your partner is abusive and it can that can look like anything they could be physical emotional verbal you know I know you guys are familiar with all the different types of abuse
3: manipulative
2: yeah absolutely and if you want to break up with that person because you know you've you've had it you are ready to move on do you think it's worth it to have a conversation with somebody who is abusive uh and like how might you go about that if you don't think it
5: interesting variation Go ahead. Depends because it depends on how
4: abusive or how manipulative they are. I feel like if they're physically abusive, there's n- there's no point in you know, hey, I want to break up with you. Let's talk it out. This just dip. Like they're in the middle of your conversation, you get slapped. I'm not gonna lie, you're gonna get slapped. So there's an exception to the rule. Do we agree on that? Okay.
2: Pin that. Put a pin in that.
4: I was gonna like okay. add on, you know, my go. Kanye, dropped the album of the year on Friday. And during one of those songs on the album, Back to Me, he makes a tribute to his ex wife, Kim Kardashian, despite him having a whole new wife and his like, ex is all over, done with him. Wouldn't that be considered like a certain type of abuse? Like, um. Interesting. Is it abusive for him to
1: continue to shout out Kim? It's strange.
2: So if his uh, intention is to make his current wife feel jealous and, like, she needs to compare to Kim Kardashian, then, yes, that's actually emotional abuse, like, without a doubt. Uh, but if he is showing, like, respect to his ex-wife, and I I don't love Kanye, so it's... it's I'm trying to get into the mindset of... Um, if he is showing respect to his ex-wife while also showing respect to his current wife which he should uh much more than he already does um which is very little uh then then i think it's okay i think if you're just respecting women it should just be all women it should be past partners current partners but i think he kind of fluctuates back and forth
1: what do you back. mean he sets her up with this really cool fishnet to wear as an outfit i see his
2: and wife naked one more time
1: um, you know, I can't, I'm not even, I let you have a complete pass on this Kanye situation because you've been so great on the podcast. I can't, what I can't do any more follow-ups. I've got to get to, uh, I've got to get, okay. Okay. What's your question? No, like I have a question. Really oh, can, interested. can we get there in a second? I want to start here because we didn't get here last week because we were doing it in this format. So, uh, what's your question? Yeah. So I feel like we went off track for body count. So I do bring it back. Please do
6: Louder, please. My question is, is it okay for a person to speak about, like, their past relationships? Like, do you think it's a bad thing or do you think it's, like, to, for you to get a bigger understanding of what they've been through? Say what you think what to do.
2: I think, it's, I think it's good. I think if everyone is comfortable hearing about it, I know a lot of people sometimes don't want to hear about their partner's past relationships because they can get, like, jealous and feel weird about that. But I think, uh, you know, it, it's good in relationships to be able to kind of know where a person is coming from i think it really just depends on how that information is communicated because in abusive or toxic relationships somebody might mention like oh i was with this girl i was with that guy like and they're trying to make their partner jealous because that's fun for them because you know they want their partner to feel like oh man like this person was so much better than me like i have to do more or i can't believe this person is with me because they were with this person they were amazing and now they're with me and like i should be so thankful Them um, because they can do so much better. So I think that in any relationship, it's really natural. I know in all of my previous relationships, I've talked about exes and things that have happened, and that's either been, you know, helpful or just insightful in some way. So I don't reject that. But in terms of like sexual partners, i don't really actually think that you need to disclose how many people you've ever slept with i don't necessarily i don't see why that's important uh unless there's like a health or safety uh concern or conversation that needs to happen but i think how many people you slept with doesn't really matter at all you might there might be a curiosity like i know i'm curious about that with my partners i'm like but it's to be like hey hey how many people have you slept with why am i asking that question why is that important to me i think that's what I kind of need to focus on.
1: I see way too many follow-ups for for me to do justice to. I need to know. I need to know, Angel. Why did you? Why did that stick out with you? Why was that something you wanted to revisit? What were your thoughts on it?
6: No, because it was like a question in the last podcast so we did able really to get to like in depth. Do you think it's important? Do you do you think it's important to to know? I feel like yeah, because then you can like understand what to do and not to do.
1: How would you? How would it be different for you for? Somebody who had more partners versus somebody who had less partners. Because I feel like if you have more
6: partners, I guess I guess they have more experience with certain things compared to somebody with less partners. And well, emotionally, emotional, yeah, emotional, and that too. They maybe like people with more partners are more emotionally stronger than me.
2: That's possible. And You might like know pick up on what their triggers are if they've experienced like past abuses or toxicity in a relationship. Then you might say like, okay, I know my partner's been through this, so we're gonna try to avoid kind of recreating a similar situation because then they might shut down. They might feel um, really upset by that. And so I think that's really good to open up those lines of communication. Would you say it's bad to speak bad about your ex-boyfriend, which occurred with
0: your partner? Okay. Like, let's say, yes, of course. say I'm with this dude and this dude's like super, like he's just weird. Like, he's too controlling. So I go to my current, current boyfriend and I'm like, oh, and he was controlling. I hate him. This is the third. Like, don't ever be like that. Whatever. Like, you're mastering this person.
2: Yeah. Not- so to be honest, um, I talk shit about all of my exes to whoever I am dating. That might be like a toxic habit or a bad characteristic, but it's really hard. Like, so, so if we go back to like the previous conversation about communication and like, hey, like, don't do this because I went through this and it was really difficult and it's something that doesn't like sit right. Like I don't like being yelled at. I hate being screamed at. When somebody like raises their voice to me, I just like shut down and just start crying. So conversation over, right? So I always like make sure to give that disclaimer, like we can talk and we can have it out, but I just don't like yelling. And so I've given examples about past sexes. Now, what I have decided to do as somebody who does tend to kind of like hang on to these old relationships and like rehash them and because I process a lot, like what happened, what could I do differently, right? Kind of give myself like a boundary with that. So I'm not going to just like start dating somebody and then just start bashing my exes or whatever. I kind of carefully, if I'm going to bring something up, it needs to mean something. It needs to contribute to the relationship. It also needs to provide some insight about who I am as a person. I'm not just going to waste all my time with my current partner complaining or talking about my exes. So while I think that that's a natural thing for us to do, and we might just do it you know, more frequently than we'd like. I think just making sure you're not spending too much time doing that. You're not like, you know, rocking your brain or making yourself, um, anxious or upset, rehashing all of those past relationships.
1: That's a really important. So, so Angela, Angela created like a, like a, I, I do it and this is what works for me and this is why it works for me. But here's why it's too much sometimes. Be careful of that too much because one. I would think that if I kept hearing about the exes and how much they suck. No, no, that wouldn't make me miss my ex. That would make me think that I'm the next guy that she's going to talk about in that way. Um, And the other thing would be I've had experience with people who've done that before. It made me feel like how come everybody else is always the problem, but you're not the problem. And that's not how Angela talked about it. Angela talked about here's what works for me. Here's what doesn't. But I've dated somebody before who was like, oh, this person's the worst person ever. This person's the worst person ever. Well, like, at some point, either you love the worst person ever and you just keep going after the worst person ever. Or maybe, maybe you're part of the problem, right? Like, maybe that's worth considering. Maybe it's a red flag for some of you guys.
0: When does, like, the processing get to a point where, like, the of feet...
1: Can you say that louder?
0: Like, say you're to see so much that you start bringing it out in the relationship
2: when does it get like that when you can't when you're kind of processing your previous relationship like so if you're not completely over that breakup or maybe some things that happened am i understanding that correctly i think that kind of it reaches a boiling point when you are not even happy in your current relationship when you are so fixated on things that happened before and those feelings feel really raw. They don't feel like old feelings. They feel like, okay, this is currently happening. So I know in previous relationships there have been things that have happened and like you work on them and you get better, but there can be like those days where they pop up, like something will trigger it. And you're like, like I'm, I'm not over that particular thing. Um, finding like your own, and that, that's okay, right? Like that's a completely normal, we're all human here. But I think that kind of, uh, if it is, infiltrating your relationship so much that you can't be happy. Your partner's not happy. Self-care is really important and that looks really different to a lot of people. I know like therapy has helped me, um, you know, come up with a lot of, you know, options for uh, processing those things in a healthy way where they're not all consuming.
1: Don't let your partner get in the way of your self-care. Uh, what do you think are the ideal guidelines for a relationship? Ideal guidelines.
2: Ideal guidelines? Uh, so I, I feel like respect is just kind of at the Level Like if you respect your partner, I feel like a lot of things will kind of fall into place. You will want to hear them out. You'll want to validate them. You'll want to talk to them. You'll want to communicate with them. I think you will never want to make them feel uneasy or put them in a position that might make them feel uneasy, anxious, scared, depressed. Like that is just in an ideal relationship. Those feelings just do not exist. And if they should occur, like let's say, you know, I make my partner anxious for some reason. I did something and, uh, you know, I didn't mean to, that wasn't my intention, but we can talk about it and I know how to adjust for the future. So I think everyone's kind of guideline looks different and what they can uh, tolerate, what they enjoy, what they do not enjoy. But I think just respecting your partner and uh, keeping those the lines of communication. I say that so much on this podcast that like talking is so important. And there's never been a relationship where communication was an issue where it was just one partner who had the issue. Communication goes both ways. And so if you are, you know, in a relationship and you're like, oh, we just have communication issues, like my partner is doing X, Y, and Z. Well, like Roberto had said, it's good to kind of look at yourself and think, what could I be doing to contribute to this communication breakdown? And that is a good guideline to uh, acknowledge what you are doing and what you can do better. And that does also show respect to your partner.
1: Thank you so much. I don't want to get cut off by the bell. Uh, quickly, question. Girl best friends. What's your opinion on girl best friends?
5: Mm-hmm. For a guy to have?
1: For a guy to have. They have boy best friends, too.
5: I, I want to hear about girl best friends. Because yeah. I'm really close with my girl best friend. I have been yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. But my girlfriend doesn't really seem to like that. And it, like, it, it bothers her, and I know that. But it's not like she's going to make me cut her off or anything. It bothers me. I don't know.
2: So, one, I think it's really natural to be a little bit, like, bothered by maybe your partner having the best friend as a girl or a guy, depending. Uh, But, of course, it is okay to have a girl best friend or a girl or a a guy best friend. I think also the history of that relationship, too, I think, can...
1: She says it depends. It does depend. That's a can of worms. We're gonna have to come back to this can of worms because I definitely wanna. I, I
2: do love this topic though. I,
1: <laughs> we have to come back to this because that's a that's a big one. Go ahead
4: quickly, please. Uh, uh I I want to go back to what he said. Um, talking about your exes, I feel like it if you're in a bad re- if you were in a bad relationship, you can tell to an extent of what not to do and what to do. Like, let's say you you were in an abusive relationship, last relationship, and then you're coming into a new relationship. I feel like you should explain to your partner what happened, what happened with your ex, why you broke up, and all that stuff.
3: And why it's best for them to uh, not
2: do these things and to, like, talk it out better or something. I do wanna mention this really quickly. If you're exiting a relationship with a person that is abusive, that really looks a lot different. And like, so safety planning and talking to people that can support you with that breakup is really important because breaking up with an abusive partner puts you in a really dangerous position. And that is something we can maybe kind of unpack yeah. at a later time, but it that's, is just something to keep in mind that breaking up with an abusive partner might look a lot in
1: Billy, is that something that you were gonna
2: ask?
3: About? Yeah, uh, in my opinion, I think that's why if you're in an abusive relationship, that you should, uh, you should, if you are going to break up with them, have someone you trust tag along so they can make sure you're safe as well. Because if this person is abusive, there's no there's no guarantee that they will not try to hurt you one last time. And this may just be too many uh, murder mystery shows I've watched, but uh, there's always a chance that they can take that too personally and take it way too far and kill you in the end.
1: Sure. Angela, last word. You wanted to get into it. You wanted to circle back to the idea of violence in relationships. And if we could all stay together for this before the bell rings, I, oh, I'm sorry. No,
2: so I just circled back to it. So you what okay. you wanna say if you're leaving in a really relationship with somebody who's abusive, you just wanna make sure that you have a safety plan to be able to break up with that person safely. And the suggestion of like having a friend or even um, something that might look a little bit greater than that. There are ways to look up safety plans online and figure out, you know, what is the best way for me to leave this.
1: If people want to ask more questions and follow up with you and your organization, where can they find out more about Katie Brown?
2: On our Instagram, we're at the underscore KBEP. And of course, you can just Google us and I'll come right up and you can give me a call
1: anytime. Anytime. All right. This has been another podcast with my steampunks. This is Manbuko and Salami with Highlander. Uh, Steampunks, please say peace out.
0: Peace Peace out. out.